Korea is the undisputed beauty capital of the world right now, and with K-beauty exploding overseas, it's no surprise that there are literally countless shops devoted to Korean beauty in Korea, including Korea's own versions of popular overseas stores like Sephora, Mecca, Ulta, and a whole lot more. So today, by popular request, we are going to take a look at Korea's biggest beauty stores. Welcome to the Korean Beauty Show podcast. I am your host, Lauren Lee, founder, podcaster, and beauty product manufacturer based in Seoul, South Korea. This podcast is brought to you by Style Story, your go-to for all things K-beauty. Shop, explore, and discover the world of Korean skincare all in one place at stylestory.com.au. We ship our products all over the world and have free shipping available for both domestic and international orders. So make sure you go and check out the free shipping thresholds to wherever you're shipping to. All right, so to kick off this week's K-Beauty News headlines, I have a little bit of a new ingredient update for you. So this was an article that was looking at some research done by one of the research institutes in Gyeonggi-do. And Gyeonggi-do is a province that basically borders Seoul. So it's uh, a really big one in terms of how many of the Korean population live there. But it is a bit unique in that it has a real mix of city and then also I guess what you would call you know the outdoors with mountains and stuff like that so what this article was saying was that the Kyongido Forest Environment Research Institute has been conducting uh, uh, an investigation on the development of functional cosmetics and the particular ingredient that they were looking into is called long flower grass. I believe we call it ground ivy in English. I think that's what it is. Uh, but obviously this is a plant that is native to Korea that they have been studying. So what they explained is that they have conducted research and development on these long flower grasses with a research team. And that research team has been able to confirm that this particular ingredient is effective in whitening, which we obviously call brightening in uh, English. Mebek was the exact wording that they used. So that's generally translated to brightening in English. Skin elasticity as well, wrinkle improvement, and also antioxidant effects. So the, the name for it in Korean is Kinbyong uh, flower grass, I guess. And so it's actually treated as a weed. And they were looking into it because it grows a lot in Gyeonggi-do, in Jeonnam, and also in Gyeongnam, which are different parts of Korea, uh, in humid areas like mountains, valleys, and forests. Uh, and I think there's a, a, a lot of different um, subspecies that fall under it. But basically what they were saying is that a lot of these types of plants um, and a category known as honey grasses are actually used in aromatherapy for stress relief and skin treatment. So what the research team did is they actually started to push for a study to be done to uh, have a look into the ingredients and whether they could be made into functional cosmetics. And so what they have shown is that the extracts of the plant do have antioxidant uh, effects. And it was also shown that they do have this whitening effect that prevents 
prevents tyrosinase and inhibits melanin production as well. It was also verified that they are effective in improving wrinkles by promoting collagen formation. Uh, and based on the research results, the Institute said that, you know, they can recommend the plant for commercial commercialization, basically an export. So that was a little bit of an interesting one. I am really keen to see, I guess, who will start using this, uh, these flower grasses, whether we're going to be seeing them in uh, K-Beauty products in the future, I would assume so, because those kind of results are exactly the kind of things that K-Beauty products get really excited about. Uh, so yeah, that was a little bit of an update on the ingredient front in the news this week. Now, the question of the week was going into summer in Australia and obviously, uh, you know, New Zealand in that part of the world, what is the best way to stop the 3 p.m. oil slick for my makeup? So great question. I know anyone who lives in Australia will know that, you know, during summer, it can just be that little bit harder to keep everything in place. So I actually did a little video that I uploaded to my Instagram with some of my pics. Uh, my top picks for how to do that. You can find me on the gram. I am at lauren.kbeauty. So come and follow me there. But my recommendations were basically, so you want to make sure that you're starting with a mattified base to begin with. There are a couple of different ways that you can do that. Uh, Subi's Hollow Dream Brightening Pore Minimizing Mask is a really, really great option because it does two things. It clears out all the congestion and, and gunk in the pores. And then it also has this really light shimmer hollow effect and that doubles as a base like a primer base that's the same kind of uh, effect that a lot of Korean primers will give so that's a great way to start and then one of my top picks for summer BB creams is Misha's Perfect Cover BB cream just because it's nice and light so it won't go slip sliding if you do need uh, just that little bit extra, then I would recommend Innisfree's No Sebum Mineral Pact. That is a really great one for just preventing oily buildup in general. You can take it on the go for touch-ups and you can also use it in your hair as well. So I know for a lot of people, their hair, if that gets a little bit oily, it tends to transfer to their face and then everything is just a bit of a mess. So that is my, that would be my top picks is just to have a really, uh, mattifying um, base to begin with, go in with a really, really light BB cream, and then just a, uh, something like Innisfree's No Sebum Mineral Pact just to take any of the, the edge off the oiliness. But I know for myself, I tend to avoid heavier BB creams and cushions in summer um, and just try and keep everything really, really light so that there's less product to go sliding around and also so that you don't get that really heavy feeling on your skin, which can drive you a bit nuts if you are, you know, out in uh, humid weather. It just doesn't feel very nice. So on to today's main event. And this one was actually a requested episode because borders are, of course, opening back up at the moment. So we are currently at the end of October is when I'm recording this and Korea is just starting to open up the vaccination rates for our country, uh, apparently where they need to be so that we are pursuing what they're calling with COVID, which is the new strategy uh, for living together with uh, the coronavirus, basically. Um, and that involves also opening the borders up 
and letting tourists back in. The borders technically have never been closed here, but travel obviously has basically ground to a halt just because there were so many uh, problems. Uh, we were doing hotel quarantine, mandatory hotel quarantine for overseas visitors basically the entire time, so coming up to nearly two years. So that pretty much put the mockers on people coming to Korea, but now they are saying that they're going to recognize uh, vaccination certificates from abroad. So travel will be opening back up and people that are fully vaccinated in their own country. Uh, there'll be a few procedures and things like that. But the takeaway point is that going into 2022, Korea will be open again for overseas travel. So I thought, why don't we, uh, by request, go into some of the things that you will want to hit if you are going to be shopping K-beauty in Korea. I want to maximize your time if you are just, you know, tr looking to get the best bang for your buck. So the, I guess the overarching thing to know is like wherever you are from, Korea is going to have like a similar range. You're going to have everything from really, really cheap drugstore brands to indie, hard to find like products, new releases. Uh, and of course, Sephora has now opened in Korea as well. Uh, I think that happened maybe about 18 months ago. So some of the popular, I guess, Western chains have also made their way into Korea now. So I might leave Sephora just because, um, you know, they have a very similar mix to what I've seen Sephora in the States, for example, have. Uh, and I assume in Australia as well, although I haven't managed to get to one in a couple of years. But um, they do have a, a, a K-beauty section. They do have a couple of extra brands. But I think in general, Sephora, everyone's familiar enough with that that you kind of know what to expect when you walk into a Sephora. So I'm going to skip it and just focus on the more Korean ones that you might not be so familiar with. And the big names to keep an eye out for here in Korea are Olive Young. Uh, La Lovla, which if you're from other parts of Asia, you might recognize as Watsons. It used to be called Watsons in Korea, but it went through a name change. We will go through that. But what Watsons slash La Lavla, uh, L-O-H-B-S, Lops is what we call it here in Korea. Uh, Aland and then Shakur is the other really big one that some of you may not have seen if you haven't been here in a few years. So let's start off with Olive Young because this one I would say is probably the most easy to find wherever you are in the country. Olive Young is Korea's version of Priceline or maybe an Ulta in the States and it stocks everything from supplements and skincare, cosmetics and accessories and they are a known incubator I would say for new brands as well and they have in the past featured a lot of the hottest K-beauty products before they got famous. They do also make their own cosmetics now. They have a whole range of their own brands, so you'll be able to see them in store. Uh, their brands don't tend to be as popular overseas, but you can check them out and try them. Obviously, they have lots and lots of testers out. Um, and hopefully next year, so I know for the last sort of year or so, it's been a bit spotty. You'll go into one store, and the testers are all not available and then you go into another one and they'll let you test them. I think that should be opening up again going into 2022 because that puts a little bit of a, uh, a stop on the phone if you can't actually test any of the products. But I think that should be resolved by next year. So if you're making a trip over next year, 
hopefully you won't be disappointed and the testers will all be open again. But that was one of the, I guess, anti-COVID measures that a lot of the stores were taking. I, I'm not sure whether that was government mandated. I would say so. Uh, but anyways, Olive Young, they have a different... Um, selection slightly different selection from store to store some stores are bigger than others uh but in general you'll find popular korean labels like uh mediheal or leaders uh sonnen park neogen dr jart cleo uh papa recipe they've had at various times cmp they stock a lot of japanese makeup as well things like uh, K-Palette, uh, Meg Rhythm, the, the, the self-heating eye masks. I'm pretty sure they have Kiss Me. Basically, the Japanese mascaras you will find very, very easily uh, here in Korea. They tend to sell really, really well. Uh, and then you'll also find a lot of the big Western drugstore brands there as well. Brands like Avene, Cetaphil, La Roche-Posay, Physiogel, Eucerin, Nivea, Neutrogena. Uh, I think that can be a little bit of a shock to people just to see how many foreign brands really do sell here. So all of those you will see. Olive Young, honestly, I don't even need to give you like a particular location to go to. You will see them all over town, basically, wherever you are. There will be an Olive Young not too far away. So if you're staying on the Gangnam side, if you're going to be in Myeongdong, although Myeongdong is... I'm just going to, we've already talked about it on the show before. Myeongdong used to be the main area for Korean beauty uh, in Korea, particularly for tourists. Not so much for locals, but for tourists. Myeongdong, I do not really know what to, how to advise you guys whether it's going to come back and be what it used to be at the moment. It is a ghost town and it has been for a long time. Um, basically, nearly all the stores just completely cleared out of there and ha- most of the, the bigger lots have been vacant now for a very long time. Uh, so all of the mum and pop like restaurants and things like that cleared out a long time ago because they couldn't afford the rent anymore. So I'm not too sure what is going to happen to Myeongdong. A lot of uh, people have said to me, oh, surely it will just come back. Uh, And you know what? Maybe if the pandemic hadn't gone on so long, I might have agreed, but I'm just a little unsure because from the perspective of anyone that would be going in as a new tenant, I guess this pandemic has maybe shown them the downsides of relying on one area as a tourist area and not catering to the locals because how it kind of happened with Myeongdong was it got such a reputation for being solely a tourist area that basically no locals went there because they were just like, it's not comfortable to shop there. There's nothing for me. They're, you know, advertising to all of the the tourists in their own languages, doing bulk deals. Like I, I think I told you guys one one time I went in there and tried to buy a single sheet mask and I couldn't buy it. it you could only get like a pack of 10 or 100 or something crazy. So that's the kind of reputation Myeongdong got for itself. And then people just stopped going. Locals just stopped going. So when the tourists, you know, couldn't come and locals just don't go because they're so used to not going, that whole area just went, just died. So I'm curious to see how Myeongdong will come back. But as at the time of recording, November 2021, we're in right now, 
it's a bit of a hot mess. So I just don't know. Um, so that, if you are familiar with that area, might look very, very different to how it did last time you were here. But who knows? I'll update you guys, you know, when we can sort of see a path out for Myeongdong because I am a little bit curious as well. Now, after the ad break, I'm going to go through La Lavla, which was previously known as Watson's as well, and what you will find in there. And now over to the Style Story website to hear some of the latest K-beauty product reviews that have been left by real people. The first was a five-star review for the men's anti-aging skincare set. And the reviewer said, very happy man, got my partner this men's pack for his birthday. I tried a couple of my products on him and he'd really liked them. He's getting his head around five skincare steps as his nightly routine. I've numbered the products for him. Wow, that, that's, that's a very good job. Keeps coming over and asking me to smell how nice they are. Noticeable improvement in hydration immediately. I love reviews like this. I think uh, I see a lot of these kind of things, particularly women buying like a skincare set for, you know, a husband or a boyfriend to get him into it because they're sick of their boyfriend or husband stealing their own products. I know that is a perennial problem. When I used to live with my little brother, I remember, oh my God, he'd make up, make off with so many of my products. So yes, I can relate. So that was a five-star review for the men's anti-aging skincare set. Five-star review for Subi Brightening Powder Cleanser, soft and smooth. This powder cleanser is one of the best I've tried. It's gentle and foams up beautifully. Even after the first use, it left my skin smooth and soft. The powder is so fine that it didn't scratch my skin, uh, but I feel that it has helped reduce the patches of dry skin I have from wearing a mask. Will definitely be a repeat purchase. Uh, and then a five-star review for Applebee's Propolis Collagen Eye Cream. Great eye cream for my sensitive skin. Very sensitive in the eye area and I'm cautious about trying new products. This is great. No reaction at all. Feels lovely and very hydrating. If you've recently purchased a product at stylestory.com.au, don't forget to leave your review after you've had the chance to try your products. Uh, I know I love reading your reviews and it's really useful to other people to know how you've been using the products, what work for you, who you'd recommend it to, all of those kind of things. I know reviews are one of the first things most people check so if you can leave a review we offer points that you can redeem as cash towards your next purchase just to help people uh, when they're shopping as well all right, so now for a look at La Lavla, which, as I mentioned, is Watson's in the rest of Asia. So Watson's began in Hong Kong, and the name change in Korea happened in 2018. And I remember at the time being like, why did they do that? Like, La Lavla is just so hard to get your like mouth around. Apparently, it was to appeal more to their target market, which is Koreans in their 20s and 30s. So already that gives you a kind of image of the, what kind of store it is. They they do stock a really wide range of beauty, makeup, hair, and body products, as well as snacks. Uh, now, I actually 
so I I had previously done an article on the Star Story website for a, a couple of years ago, and I pulled that up to have a look. And the range of brands has changed quite a lot, particularly for La Lavla. I would say now that they tend to stock, in addition to like the popular foreign brands like the Cetaphil, uh, Bioderma, Neutrogena, Avene, Kerasis, Senka, Kiss Me, the Japanese ones, they stock quite a different selection of K-beauty products and I actually think that many of these you may not have heard of. So some of the brands that they're stocking at the moment include Zaudam, uh, Skin and Lab, Parnell, True Lab, Kahi, CKD. Uh, some brands you may have heard of like AHC, Keep Cool and Cynic, uh, Curasis. So I think these are not brands that I commonly see marketed outside Korea. So Lalavla, I guess, might be a little bit of a, a place for you to discover some more stuff that's popular here that is just not marketed um, overseas. Uh, and the other thing is that even though they do have quite a few Western brands, what you will notice is that some of them have a different selection compared to the products that you'll find in Western countries. So in Asia, in general, top Western brands tend to make versions of their products that are specifically tailored for the Asian market. So L'Oreal, Maybelline, those kind of products, you, you'll see stuff that you've never seen before. Uh, and, you know, the, the categories tend to be more in the category of like tone-up creams, whitening creams, those kind of things. So keep an eye out for those. If you are a Maybelline or L'Oreal fan, uh, you'll definitely see stuff that you probably haven't seen before. So that's always a little bit fun. Uh, I would say that La Lavla, if you're coming from Australia, is on par with a Priceline and probably a CVC in the States is what I would say. You will find it all over the country in many of the commercial zones. Uh, there are bigger stores in the main university areas and also in the malls. So if you're in Shinsa, Hongdae, Hewa, Iwa Women's University area, Ide around there, then you can keep an eye out for them. They're not as prevalent as they used to be, or maybe I just used to go to them more often. I don't know. I'm might be making this up. I feel like I used to see them everywhere, but maybe that was just because I was hanging out with the younger people in the in the hip districts and now I'm a boring old person. But <laughs> anyway, they also, uh, the bigger branches do also do your tax refunds as well. So I'll go through that at the end if you're not familiar with that, because that is a really sneaky little trick to saving some extra cash while you're shopping in Korea. Now, the next one on my list is LOPS, which stands for, so it's L-O-H-B-S, very clumsy, love, health, and beauty. I remember when I first heard the name, I was like, don't know how I feel about that. Anyway, it was founded by the Lotte Group, which is one of Korea's largest conglomerates in about 2013. So it's a little bit newer than a lot of the other ones. Uh, again, similar in price and feel, I would say, to a price line in Australia, maybe an altar in the US. Uh, again, it's got a wide variety of domestic and international brands and lops their stores are usually white with red writing so you, you, they'll tend to stick out i would say they almost use like a bathroom tile white that is their like mo so if you see one of them you'll know you're in the right place uh, they also do vitamins uh vitamins supplements 
snacks, uh, diet foods and things like that. That's the kind of store it is. Uh, great place to go to pick up masks, to find basic skincare, and then try out obviously a wide range of the Korean, Japanese, and popular brands. Now, what you will notice if you do go to one after the other after the other is that there are going to be similarities between the kind of brands that all of the stores stock. You'll often be able to find the same thing, you know, in one brand, one store after the other. But Lots has a couple of their own, I guess, contracts with different people. Uh, Vlevely is one of them uh, that you'll be able to find in Lops. Medicube, Illyune, they do Dewy Tree, AHC, and Mamond. And you'll get the best discounts there on what they call brand day. And brand day is basically individual brands are discounted on like set days. So if you can find out what brands are on what days, it'll be say Illyune on the 23rd and then Marmond on the 25th. It'll be like 20% off everything of that brand. So that's the best time usually to pick up a bargain at Lops. Uh, and the top ranking brands, I was having a little look through there their site little sticky beak and the top ranking brands surprisingly are many many western brands are up there paula's choice userin calvin klein bioderma physiogel so you will definitely notice a lot of western brands that you can get overseas as well in these stores Arland is not strictly a cosmetic store. This is another one that uh, you will often see foreigners recommending to other foreigners. And the reason is that they got a name for themselves a couple of years ago as a stockist of some of the indie K-beauty brands that are not popular domestically, but were big overseas. They used to do CosRx. It doesn't look like they do them anymore. The brands that I could find are Benton, Axis Y, uh, Itzentry, and then also so, which is IS entry, it's entry in Korean, and then it's skin. Uh, it's skin is obviously not an indie brand at all. It's been around for a long time, um, but it's entry Benton uh, do very well overseas. So the, the if you have been to Arland before or A Land, however you prefer to pronounce it, I think in Korean it's A Land. Um, but you will notice that the selection is a little bit different. A couple of the brands that they used to have pre-pandemic are not there anymore. Uh, but it's a clothing store, guys. So don't be surprised if you walk in, you're like, and eh, Lauren told me to go here and there's, and there's all these clothes. It's a clothing store. They just have a beauty section uh, and not all of them stock cosmetics. So I would say if you are interested in uh, those kind of indie brands that are bigger overseas, then check out their stores in uh, Garasu Gil, uh, in, in Gangnam, around there. And then there's another one at the Coex Mall. Uh, that definitely does, well, last time I went, that has cosmetics in there as well. So go and check that out if you're looking for something a little bit more indie. A lot of the brands that you will be the most familiar with do not have their own standalone stores in Korea. Uh, so that's just because they they are sold through distribution or they have their own popular online platforms. So someone was saying something to, a couple of months ago about oh, April B and oh, it's not actually popular in Korea. It's just a brand targeting overseas. That's not actually correct at all. Um, April B is, I think we're one of the, the few people that actually sells it overseas. 
Apple B is a direct-to-consumer brand is why you won't find it talked about on the uh, Western beauty forums and Reddit and things like that is because they sell directly to Korean consumers in Korean. They're not doing marketing overseas. They're not distributed through one of these stores. They just sell online, basically directly to their consumers. So they have literally... Oh, lots and lots of reviews online, but you're not going to find them on, uh, you know, the the third party review sites because those sites tend to have products that are stocked by stockists in offline stores. Because if you think about the sales channel, if you've got a direct to consumer brand that sells online, where are people going to leave their reviews for that? They're going to leave it on the brand website or the site of the you know, the portal, the online portal where they bought it from, they're not going to go to another place and review it. Uh, whereas a lot of the, you know, Korean review sites and platforms, they will have a lot of reviews for the products that are available offline because there's nowhere else for people to go and give the feedback. If you bought a product in Lops or in Olive Young, then when you're reviewing it, you're going to go to a site that does reviews. Like, I think there's maybe just a little bit of confusion around how this all works. So the majority of brands sell direct to consumer. That's the case everywhere all over the world these days, just because it's not easy to get a distributor. Uh, If you think about your country, if you think about a country like Australia, the vast majority of brands that exist are not at Mecca or Priceline. The vast majority of brands sell themselves on their online platforms and then maybe they go through a distributor if they're really big or get to a certain level. So that's exactly the same as it is here in Korea. And, you know, uh, some brands will not be sold offline. Some brands, a lot of brands are really popular on places like home shopping, which is not like, uh, uh, speaking from an Australian perspective, online shopping, uh, not online shopping, TV shopping, TV shopping, like where someone comes out on the TV and is like, you know, buy this now and we'll throw in all this stuff for free. Like, that is not how we tend to shop in Australia. The stuff that's on the home shopping channel, historically, to my mind, has been, like, maybe a little bit junky. Um, (laughs) That was just my impression of it. That's not the case here. Koreans are really big, particularly Korean women, middle ages um, and above, are really, really big um, home and TV shopping um, fans. So a lot of brands will be hot in Korea because they're hot on the, the, the TV shopping channels. So there's a lot of different ways that products get sold. And when you're shopping offline in Korea, you'll tend to see the same brands over and over again. And that's just because they are the brands that have distribution. They've managed to secure distribution and they're not just selling direct to consumer. So that's the two different ways products get sold. Um, Now, the last big one, I would say, is Shakur, uh, and this is run by Shinsuke, which is a conglomerate, and it is basically a eye-watering range. It is huge. They stock a whole lot of popular Western brands, Asian brands. I would say in terms of quality, it's similar to like a Nordstrom's in the States. Uh, They've got multi-level stores. Depending on where you go, you will find all of the hottest Western brands there like Benefit, Mac, Bobbi Brown, NARS, Estee Lauder, L'Oreal, Dermalogica, the Japanese brands, including the high-end ones like Shiseido. Um, 
um, Deja Vu, Shu Mura, uh, and then obviously they have a very impressive variety of K-beauty brands as well. So some of the ones that they have at the moment are Claire's, Huxley, 3CE, Hera, Lagom, uh, Espoir, Unleashia, Femme. So the big one is uh, in Gangnam Square. That is a really good one to visit if you are coming as a tourist. Uh, and you can actually, I'm sure by next year this will be back, but like get your own makeup done and get them to like match you and everything like that. They've got a huge range of hair care stuff and hair supplies. Uh, so that is definitely Shakur is one to check out. Uh, now, the other thing is, don't forget that many of the larger brands will have their own standalone stores in Seoul as well. Uh, and also Busan, maybe not if you're going to a slightly more rural area. But some of the brands that you may be familiar with that do have their own store fronts are brands like Skin Food, Tony Moly, Nature Republic, Holika Holika, Etude House. Uh, and then there are a couple of amalgamations of brands. So Nunc, N-U-N-C, is uh, the company that runs Misha and Apu. So they are together in their own store. And then Nature Collection stocks the Face Shop, Belief, Beyond, Dr. Belmore, Yewadam, and a whole bunch of other brands. So you can, you'll be able to see them. I would say the easiest places to hit up a wide selection of stores in the same district tends to be around the universities. Uh, so if you are in Shincheon area, which is where Yonsei University is, otherwise you can go to Hongdae, which is where Hongik University is. Any of those kind of university areas will have the biggest selection just because that's who tends to shop at these kind of places, um, particularly like your Skin Foods and Tony Moly's and uh, a Holika Holika and Etude. They tend to be aimed at people in their 20s so they are the kind of areas that you'll find those places in if you are after your higher end brands like your solar Sue, uh history of who oh you something like that then you can visit department stores they tend to be sold in the department stores similar to probably what you're used to back home for higher end western brands and the three main ones are your hyundai your lotte and then shinsuke so they are the three biggest department stores. You can look up basically the closest one to the area that you're staying in. But it's a very similar setup to a lot of Western countries. The the main floor where you walk in has your beauty and, and then also Myeongpum, the luxury stuff. So that is a similar setup across all of them. Uh, and you'll find a whole uh, different selection, obviously, depending on if Hyundai, Lotte or Shinsuke owns one of the brands, you'll find their, the brands that they own in there as well. Uh, and duty-free stores. So... There are specialist duty-free stores at the airport and around Seoul, but some of them have closed down during the pandemic. I'm not 100% sure about the reopenings for them. Um, some of them I have no doubt will reopen again. Some of them may reopen, but in slightly different places. So I think if you haven't been to Seoul since before the pandemic, things are going to have changed around a lot. So just don't presume that it's going to be in necessarily the same spot, I would say. Just double check before you make a trip somewhere that the, the store that you went to last time is still open. I think that's pretty much a safe bet across the board. If you have been before and you're like, oh, I love XYZ store, 
just do a quick check to make sure it's still there so you don't make a wasted trip. I'm sure once the tourists come back, you know, things will open in new places and whatnot. But at the moment, you will get a little bit of a surprise if you go to the exact same spot and, oh, it's not there. Um, the other thing is don't forget to claim your tax refunds if you are shopping here. So in Korea, we have a thing called Bugase, which is a sales tax, 10% on all products but tourists are exempt from paying it. So there are two ways to claim your tax refund. Basically, you can do it in person at the store in the biggest tourist areas. Uh, so Myeongdong back in the day, Iwa Ide, Iwa Women's University, around there, they often will ask you if you want tax refund. Don't forget to bring your passport with you when you're shopping, if you're planning on claiming them on the spot. The other way to do it is at the airport on your way out. So if you let the checkout, uh, checkout staff at the counter know that you're a tourist, they can give you a special receipt to show at the airport to claim your refund. Uh, now, just a word of caution about the airport refunds. I know you can end up waiting in line for a long time if there are a lot of other people there at the same time. Uh, and you might just wanna double check whether you need to have the products on you. Sometimes you need to show them uh, and they can't be in your in your packed luggage. So just triple check all of that before you go to the airport and maybe have the products somewhere handy so that you can just show them. Uh, but yeah, tax refund, get that tax money, get it back, 10% sales tax, woo. I get sometimes asked even still now, like, oh, would you like tax refund? I'm like, yeah, I'd love to, but it's illegal for long-term residents. So no, I won't take it. Um, <laughs> so that is hopefully a little list to to get you started if you are thinking about coming to Korea, if you know you're going to be coming to Korea, if you would like to come to Korea one day. Lots to do here. There is so much shopping. Um, it is an absolute paradise for shopping, K-beauty and a whole lot of other things, but that is just a little guide to get you on your way. I hope that is going to be useful for you and don't worry if you haven't you know, written this down, you don't need to. All of this will be on the show notes for today's episode. TheKoreanBeautyShow.com is where you can find them. Uh, and that is, I'm going to leave it there because I've been rabbiting on for a long time. If you enjoyed today's show, don't forget to share it with a friend or someone that's going to Korea and leave your rating and review. And until next time, I will see you on Star Story. Bye.